Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. Thank you for giving church. You're an amazing, amazing church. It's Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. And um, so we're excited about this. This is the day we commemorate what God did when He sent the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that was poured out in the upper room on Pentecost Sunday. So I want you to sit on the edge of your seat. Can you just wriggle to the edge of your seat? All right, if you can, can you stay there for a few minutes? And um, and can you give me like a, a hurrah or a whoop, like that you're excited that you're in the house of God? Amen. <laughs> And uh, can you do that a few times in the next 25 minutes? Is that all right? So it's Pentecost Sunday, and it's a powerful day in the calendar. And yes, I've left my notes down there and um, asked them to remove the pulpit. And I'm just going to preach what's in my spirit. I have prepared and prayed, and I'm just going to preach what's in my spirit. But God's been speaking to me about a spirit people. He say that? A spirit people being a spirit people. And I can already sense distraction getting around some of us. Is it the music lulling you to sleep? Can we give it up for the music team? A spirit people. What does it mean to be a spirit people? To be a person who is yielded completely to the Spirit of God. What would your week look like if God controlled your diary this week? All right, tune in, come back, come back. Just think about that for a minute. If God filled your diary this week, what would you be doing this week? What would it mean actually to be fully yielded to the Holy Spirit every single day? Because we are so full, aren't we, of planning our ways. And the Lord, the Lord says, a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And so it's not like we throw our plans out, but we stay yielded. We stay yielded. And the flesh wants to rebel and pull us away from that. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What does it mean to be yielded and aware and and governed by his prompting every day of the week, every moment of the day. In the last month, I have prayed for two complete strangers, just two, and I'm praying every morning as I get up before the sun, I just ask God to take control of my mind, will, and emotions, to govern my conversation, and to open my eyes And I say to him every morning, I surrender and yield to you. And I'm praying that it'll be more than two a month. I'm praying that it will become a a habitual thing where I can actually just step out. But do you know what? The flesh doesn't, what does that mean? It means, you know, I don't actually want to get up before the sun and yield myself to the Holy Spirit. I don't want to awkwardly pray for that stranger I don't know and say, can I pray for you? The flesh is not willing, even though the Spirit is. But what does it mean to be a Spirit people? What does it mean to be a Spirit people? And so here we are on Pentecost Sunday. What is Pentecost Sunday? Well, it's the day that the Holy Spirit was given to us and poured out on 120 people meeting together in an upper room. 
So I want to read it together. It's a large portion of scripture, but will you come with me? Acts 2, it says this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Some translations say the upper room. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Now I want to pause it there. So what does this mean? So there are Jews from every nation of the world coming into Jerusalem at this time. So what had happened over Israel's history, over the Jewish history, is that they'd been scattered and exiled all over the world. And so now Jews were in every country of the world. But every year they would make a pilgrimage back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover and Pentecost. And so here we have people from all over the world in the city of Jerusalem. It's a melting pot of culture. People speaking all different languages now because they're living in all different countries. And so there are men there from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, a multitude came together because people from all over the city heard the wind that was happening in that upper room and heard the sound of 120 people speaking in different languages. And so a multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? This is actually an insult. They're like, aren't these like the, the sea-dwelling folk? Like, aren't these the simple guys? How on earth are they speaking my refined Roman language? How are these guys actually, these really simple lake-dwelling fishermen-type people speaking all these languages. It was actually an insult. It was actually an insult. Aren't they all Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? And then all the different cities they're from, Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Potamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Figria and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and the proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Amazing. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said, but they're just drunk. They've got to be drunk. They're full of new wine. But Peter, everyone say Peter. Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, because it's only nine o'clock in the morning. It's only the third hour of the day. They're not drunk, <laughs> as you suppose. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he reaches back, this is Peter, reaches back into the Old Testament, into the prophets, and he quotes the prophet Joel. 
And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Come on, Lord. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And on that day, 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now also all who believed were together and had all things in common, sold their possessions and their goods, and divided them among all, all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. It's a powerful passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 2. So what is Pentecost? What is Pentecost? They're all here. They're in the upper room. What's Pentecost? Well, in the Old Testament, God instituted many feasts and celebrations and festivals to commemorate what He was doing and to also prophesy into the future. And so too, there are many, and actually there's a flyer at the concierge desk if you want to grab one. There's going to be a slide here. This is for all the geeks who want to do extra study, all right? I geeked out on this and put this table together. So if you appreciate it, please grab a flyer and do your own study. But I just want to look at two of them, and that is Passover and Pentecost. And so Passover, Passover was what they would celebrate every single year, and it commemorated when God actually brought the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt that night. Do you remember? When the plague, the last plague, the angel of death was going to go through Egypt and take every firstborn son of every household. And God said to his people, to the Jews, to the Israelites, he said, take a lamb, sacrifice it, and put the lamb's blood on your doorposts. And when the angel of death comes through Egypt to take the firstborn son, it will pass over the homes that have the blood of the lamb on their doorposts. And so that's exactly what happened. The Israelites painted their doorposts with lamb's blood. And that night, the angel of death passed over their homes, but it did not spare the homes of the Egyptians who lost the firstborn sons right across their nation. And so Pharaoh cried out and sent them. He's like, get out, finally get out. And he sent them out and they were free. And so God said, every year, I want you to celebrate the Passover. And so they would celebrate this and they tell the stories to their children. And so 
what happened then is we see the Passover. When did this happen in Jesus' lifetime? It happened at the Last Supper. The Last Supper was when they were actually celebrating Passover. Jesus and his disciples were celebrating that annual commemoration of Passover when they were sitting together in that room. What they didn't realize, they didn't realize is there with them in their presence was the perfect Lamb of God who was about to be sacrificed on their behalf once and for all so that we could apply the, the blood of the Lamb over the doorposts of our lives so that the angel of death could pass over us and we were now untouchable to sin and sickness and disease as the angel of death passed over our lives because we applied the perfect blood of the unspotted Lamb of God. And so Passover was fulfilled at the Last Supper when Jesus sat with his disciples. And then 50 days later, 50 is 7 times 7 plus 1. Okay, we know that 7 is God's number. 7 days by 7 weeks plus 1 is Pentecost. Hundreds of years earlier, God said, I want you to celebrate Pentecost. And Pentecost commemorated the day that Moses got the law from Mount Sinai. It happened 50 days after Passover. And so every year the Israelites, the, the Jews would come from all over the world to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover and Pentecost. And so what happened was these guys are sitting in an upper room now. Jesus has ascended into heaven and he said, wait. He said, wait. I want you to know you're going to do even greater things than I did. Now think about it. Jesus raised people from the dead. Give me a wave if you've done that recently. Jesus saw eye, blind eyes open, deaf ears open. He saw the mute speak, the lame walk. He saw people um, possessed by the demonic delivered. Anyone done that recently? And Jesus is saying, greater things than these shall you do, but wait. Wait until I send the helper, the Holy Spirit. You can't do this on your own. Wait. And so they're waiting. He's gone to heaven and they're in the upper room. 120 people. Just have a look around. Consider where we are. Possibly a similar head count and a similar location in upper room. And they're sitting there and they're waiting for the helper. And then it says, there came the sound of a rushing wind. A hurricane wind came and filled the room and tongues of fire rested on each of them. And they started speaking in other tongues. And so Pentecost was fulfilled that day. That day. And it fell on anyone who was in the room it now didn't have to just be the Jews. Up until that point, there was a bit of dispute about pedigree. You're either in or you're not. You're either a Jew or you're not. But on that day, the Spirit of God fell on anyone who was in the room, anyone who was waiting, anyone who was believing. And so Pentecost was fulfilled that day, 50 days after Passover. And so that's what we're celebrating today. And so a few thoughts out of this passage of Scripture, and we're going to do the baptism in the Holy Spirit at the end of the service. I pray you're still sitting on the edge of your seat. Are you still hungry? Are you still waiting? God, what have you got for me? 
Holy Spirit, what have you got for me? Forget about me. Forget about the person next to you. What is he saying to you? When Jesus said, wait, because I want to empower you. He says, this is it right now. This is it right now in the posture of our hearts in this moment. The first thing we notice is that the Holy Spirit was poured out. It says, they were all together in one accord. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was preceded by unity. Preceded by unity. One of the definitions of one accord is a harmony that leads to action. And so what they were doing is they were sitting there in agreement. Now, how hard would it be to get 120 people to agree on anything? How hard is it to get 10 people to agree on anything? Husbands, wives, how hard is it to get two people to agree on anything? But it says there that they were in one accord and the Spirit of God was poured out in that place where they were of one accord. The Bible tells us that we should submit to one another, that we should submit to one another. Can I tell you, it's actually not submission until you disagree. Up until that point, it's just convenient. Submission only happens when you disagree and you choose to come into a spirit of agreement. And God's been speaking to me about a spirit of agreement. A spirit of agreement. Because you know what? All of us in this room, we're actually on the same team. We actually have the same goal in mind. Is there anyone here who actually wants to see the demise of the church? Good. So there were no hands, just so you know, which means we're actually on the same team. So when we disagree, are we actually disagreeing or is it just a difference of perspective? Is it just a difference of personality? Is it just a difference of preference? And if that's the case, and we're all on the same team and we have the same goal in mind, who cares how we do it? Who cares? Let's submit to one another. The Bible tells us that we should prefer one another before ourselves. Hang on a minute. Prefer the other person before yourself. The Message Bible says practice playing second fiddle, not first fiddle. Practice the echo. Practice the harmony. Practice playing second fiddle, the Bible tells us. Come on. God's been speaking to me about a spirit of agreement in a marriage. In a marriage, you know, I don't know if you're like me, but Sam and I take turns. Sometimes he's full of faith and other times I'm full of faith. And God's been speaking to me about, you don't both need to get a revelation because you're one. I'll give the revelation to one of you. And so the one with faith goes out in front and the other one comes into agreement with that. And so you just agree with the one who has the faith. You don't question it. You don't criticize it. You don't go, but what if? And how about this? And I don't think you're right. You come into agreement. And Matthew 18 says, wherever two of you on earth agree about anything, it will be done for you in heaven. 
What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. The spirit of agreement has the power to shift the supernatural. But we choose agreement. We choose submission because the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. No, no, I'm right. My way is the right way. Who cares? The spirit of agreement brings the anointing. Psalm 133 says how beautiful it is, how precious it is when the brothers dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil that runs down Aaron's beard and his robe. And there the Lord commands a blessing. Think about that. In unity, God commands a blessing. He commands a blessing. If you want to be blessed here at City Point Church Redcliffe, in this church family, it just takes unity. God commands a blessing there. That spirit of agreement, that beautiful spirit of agreement brings in the presence of God. And then what we see in Acts 2 is revelation. You know, the Holy Spirit, one of his jobs is to bring revelation. He illuminates the scriptures to us. Can I tell you that if you read the Bible and you get nothing out of it, you need a touch of the Holy Spirit. You need a touch of the Holy Spirit because he's our tutor and he reveals things to us. If it's dry, you need a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. You need fresh oil because the scriptures are alive and they bring life. And so here we see Peter. Here we see Peter get up in front of all these people and start declaring the oracles of God. This is Peter. Now remind me again, what was Peter's profession? Sorry, Bible scholar, is that what you said? What was his profession? A fisherman. And how many times did we see Peter go to Jesus going, uh, can you explain that? I don't get it. I'm confused. And here he is, an uneducated fisherman, getting up, declaring the oracles of God out of ancient texts because the Holy Spirit immediately brought revelation. And he was able to unpack the scriptures. It was quickened to him and illuminated in him. And this goes hand in hand with the fact that the Holy Spirit gives us boldness. It gives, Holy Spirit gives us boldness. Peter was the guy who denied Jesus to a little girl. He couldn't even stand in the face of a child and say, yes, I believe in Jesus. And suddenly, filled with the Holy Spirit, he gets up declaring the word of God and three thousand people get saved boldness boldness the holy spirit gives us boldness and it's only two chapters later in acts chapter four same guy he's thrown in prison with john they they don't like what they're teaching they don't like what's going on (laughs) and so they arrest them trial them and throw them in prison and they forbid them from speaking the name of Jesus, from teaching this new doctrine. And so they're in prison, and this is their prayer. You should read it, Acts chapter 4. 
you should read it because when was the last time you were persecuted in your workplace and you didn't speak up for the things of God? When was the last time in a university tutorial when they were talking about euthanasia and abortion, you said nothing? Come on. The Holy Spirit gives us boldness. And these two guys sitting in prison, this is their prayer. God, you hear their accusations against us. Give us more boldness. What are they praying? God, give me more of what put me in prison. Give me more of what put me in prison. I want to tell you the time has definitely passed for us to sit pretty in church. I'm sorry, my friends. That time is gone. It's time for a people to rise up and declare the oracles of God and pray for boldness. Give me more boldness, God. Give me more boldness, Spirit of God. Give me more boldness. And that wasn't the extent of their prayer because then they went on and they asked, Lord, back it up with signs and wonders and miracles. Back it up with signs and wonders and miracles. The Holy Spirit empowers us. He empowers us to do what we cannot do on our own. He transforms us. He gives us gifts. He gives us gifts to outwork His will, to establish His kingdom in the earth. We can't do this on our own. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.